What's up, everybody? Welcome into an 18th straight loss edition of SSPN. <laughs> oh, dude, you're funny. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my gosh, dude. Well, I think the just like the facial expressions of us right there, kind mm-hmm. of the intro. I don't even know how to start out with this game because the fourth quarter was really solid um, in a lot of ways. Obviously, yeah. I think the big asterisk to the, the fourth quarter is the fact that, you know, L.A. kind of thought they had the game won, like we did watching the game going into the fourth quarter. So I think a little bit of that, you know, ease of the pressure and intensity from L.A. definitely helped us get back in the game. Um, You know, I don't want to dismiss that. Uh, But at the same time, you know, eerily similar, even though this wasn't a win, eerily similar to that first game against Phoenix, Keldon Johnson, who was our leading scorer tonight, just was willing us into staying within like 10, you know, 10 points uh, when it came to the deficit. And, and he was, you know, if he didn't score during that stretch, we wouldn't have had a chance to even make the run that we did kind of in the last four minutes of the game, Ethan. I know we usually do game flow here and kind of run through all the quarters, but just with the dichotomy of the first three quarters and really even the, the first, like, you know, I guess eight minutes uh, of the fourth quarter, it was just so completely different than what we saw in, in those last four minutes. I think we can maybe kind of talk about those last four minutes and mm-hmm. then go through the rest of the game afterwards just because they were so different, you know? Yeah, the last four minutes, suddenly the Spurs decided to play with intensity, Jude. And uh, it kind of felt like suddenly Pop must have said in the huddle, why are, Why is Keldon the only one out here actually trying? And so suddenly everyone really turned up the the intensity defensively so we were getting a lot of easy baskets in transition. Guys started to see the, sh- the, the shots falling. Victor Wimbanyama obviously led kind of that push as well. Um, and we were able to sneak back into the game and almost win it. Had it not been for that that ill-advised pass that Anthony Davis stole yeah. um, at the end of the game, this might have been a game that went on into overtime. Yeah, absolutely. Well, really, we would have had a one-point advantage if yeah. we didn't give that steal up. He had um, a three. And yeah, and, and then if, you know, obviously it wasn't close, but if if that Wemby and, or I, I say and one, it, he got free throws on it. If that would have dropped, that would have been, if he would have made the and one free throw, um, mm-hmm. that would have been the lead there. But yeah, if I had to look back on one play that was like the most dire in those last four minutes that sealed the Spurs' fate, it was that turnover. And it was just, and, and was it, I mean, that turnover, Ethan, is like the... It's it's a play that represents the Spurs season so well because how many times has that happened this year um, yeah. in close games for us? It did really. It comes back to that theme that we've harped on over and over again, Jude. No matter how well we might play for stretches, those those youth filled mistakes will always come back to bite us in the butt, and that's exactly what happened in that fourth quarter. Absolutely. I've been getting, I was trying to get the box score up there, Ethan, while you were talking. So we're going to get that up here in just a second. And then we'll get to some of y'all's comments. I saw some people already in there. They were talking about how the defense was just horrible through the first three quarters, which Mm -hmm. I completely agree. That was one of the things I had written down. It was just, um, what's the word? It was just defensive rotations were just a mess (laughs) for the majority of the game. Uh, before that intensity, like you mentioned. Um, but here we go, getting the box score up. We'll also get a little ticker going here. Um, 
obviously 28 from Keldon, four for four from three, efficient, 10 for 14 overall. He had eight assists as well. Um, and I know there's a lot of negatives in this game, but I'm going to talk about Keldon and then I'm going to talk about Wemby and then we're going to go to game flow and discuss all of those because there were so many. Um, mm-hmm. But the eight assists, I noticed that a couple times from Keldon tonight that he was almost kind of like the main playmaker. And because of the attention that he draws, you know, going to the rim, um, and I'm not saying he's necessarily like drawing two, but Keldon Johnson is somebody on other teams scouting reports where they're like, hey, like pay attention to him going yeah. to the rack. You know what I mean? Um, and I think a lot of that when he was coming off those screens, most of those assists were in pick and roll situations. Um, so that's something, you know, we've harped on that a little bit before. We've kind of seen that in flashes, but I think this was his highest assist game of the season, maybe even of his career. Um and that was just something that that I noticed also on top of his scoring that, you know, maybe in that starting lineup, obviously Malachi is still going to play make to an extent. But as you see, Malachi tonight had zero assists. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's just something to kind of keep an eye on moving forward whenever it comes to playmaking in that starting lineup. Maybe we'll see that more from Keldon because I really saw some good passes from him tonight. Um, and then, of course, Victor. Obviously, he had his struggles to start the game. Definitely, if I'm just being completely honest, got schooled by Anthony Davis a couple times. You know, it's just going to happen, you know, for his just considering it's his first time playing against Anthony Davis, Mm -hmm. um, but was able to respond throughout the game. Still was able to have 13 boards since he's been in that center position. He's had 20 boards, 18 boards and 13 boards. So that's really been good to see, especially when you consider Zach's struggles when he was in the starting lineup yep. on the boards. Um, and then, of course, being the leading scorer with 30 points and six blocks um, as well. Uh, you see the shooting percentage at 50%. That was kind of the dichotomy of the first half versus the second half for him. Um, but he made a lot of plays in the clutch, um, and and he responded to AD a few times. What, what were kind of your thoughts on Victor and Keldon? Keldon Johnson, I think, might benefit more than anybody from the new lineup change. And part of the reason that being, Jude, is when we had Zach and Wemby on the floor, spacing was limited for drives and what does Keldon Johnson do best drive yeah so oftentimes he kind of got into a bad habit of only shooting threes and Keldon can hit threes like tonight he was four for four but there are other nights where he'll go over 10 and like last like, game yeah, please <laughs> stop shooting threes but that's just not his strength like he has that in his game he can take them when he's wide open but his greatest strength is taking guys off the dribble and attacking the rim now he has the space to do that where before we were really only getting inside points off of post-ups or backdoor cuts um, out of the high post with Zach operating as that hub. Uh, We really didn't have anybody driving to the basket. So now we open up that part of his game, and now we'll only open up his playmaking ability as well because, like you said, he's a freight train. He's a big body. You have to double Keldon Mm -hmm. Johnson when he drives to the hole, uh, which opens up weak side corner threes um, and just kick out scenarios where we can actually move the ball like we used to when we were at our best. Um, Victor Wembanyama, you're right, struggled early, kind of found a groove, finished with 30 points. I actually was kind of surprised when I heard that because it didn't feel like he was scoring all that much, but he definitely had a flurry of points in the second half, which I guess added up quite a bit considering he had 30 and 13 um, and six blocks tonight. Uh, As far as his struggles against Anthony Davis, literally every big in the NBA will struggle against Anthony Davis defensively. Um, he's a Hall of Fame player. I know he's injury prone. I know some people have opinions of him that are negative, uh, but he's still Anthony, the Brown Davis. Um, so I really thought 
he held his own for the most part. There's just some things you can't defend. Um, and obviously Vic- Victor is not as physical as AD yet. Uh, but I still enjoyed how he took it right back at him, Jude, like you were saying. He didn't back down from the challenge. And when he's hitting four out of five threes, he becomes extremely difficult to guard. I think when he's missing his three-pointers, it almost feels like that's his something he can fall back on. So when those aren't falling, it limits him entirely offensively. Um, part of that might be because we're not running offense, but as far as right now where he is currently in his career, he needs to be hitting those threes to really – um, show an impact in the scoring column. You know, it's kind of similar. It's it's different because Victor has so many different ways to score offensively other than threes, but it's mm-hmm. kind of similar to Zach in the sense. You know how we've had that conversation yeah. about Zach where it's like when he's hitting threes, it feels like suddenly, you know, his rotations become a little bit better. Just his flow of the game, you know, and his rhythm within the game is a lot better. And I think that's kind of similar to what you were saying about Wemby as well. Yes, for sure, for sure. And then, you know, while we're looking at this box score, Ethan, I didn't even realize Malachi had 19 points. It makes sense looking back on it. He was efficient. Um, And and like I said, even though he didn't have the assist tonight, that was more of Keldon's job. And and look at, I know, Jeremy, you're going to see two for nine, one for four. It doesn't feel like he did that much offensively, at least when you watch the game. I know he hit one three, as we can see up there. And I remember that in the first quarter. Um but he also had five assists tonight. Um, so you see a little bit of his playmaking skills still, mm-hmm. you know, translating over after transitioning from the point guard role back to power forward. Um, and you also still see him guarding point guards. And, and you still see a lot of those, you know, uh, getting caught under screens from time to time. But at the same time, uh, D'Angelo Russell, let me scroll up and, and see what his box score was tonight. Held the six for 13, 0 for 4. Yes, he did have 10 assists, but... You know, in a game like this, and obviously it didn't turn into a win, um, so that's still a key. But in a game like this where LeBron is out, being able to to hold, you know, kind of take D'Angelo Russell out of the game for the most part offensively, at least scoring-wise, like I said, still, still was playmaking for the team tonight, obviously. But scoring-wise is an example of why, like, we're still playing Jeremy on the point guards in that lineup. Because to be honest, let's just be honest, as much as I was just complimenting Malachi, uh, <laughs> He might have got a couple more shots up if if Malachi was guarding uh, D'Angelo Russell. But the bigger point here, Ethan, that I was getting to was 19 points from Malachi. Um, I really like how he fits in with this lineup. Um, I, I feel like we've already spent too much time on the positive just with how this game went. But I'm going to mm-hmm. finish up this point on Malachi because I think it is something that's important moving forward. Um and that's just that he he didn't for, he's not forcing as much Ethan like he had 20 points tonight I, I say 20 I know it's 19 but y'all get what I'm saying he had that type of scoring night but it wasn't like he was out there like in isolation looking for a shot like he mm-hmm. was playing off of other guys and finding it that way which I think is exactly the role that he needs in the starting lineup yeah he's definitely become a different player since being inserted to the starting lineup which I think is kind of surprising um only because his best quality is being a three-level scorer that can play in isolation. So I assumed he would play really well coming off the bench as that primary ball handler and scorer. That hasn't been the case thus far. We inserted a starting lineup, and you're right. He just kind of fits in next to these guys and makes the right basketball play. And this also, in conjunction with that, has been more aggressive, I feel like, or at least more, looks more comfortable getting to his spots. Um, and he's finishing with a higher volume of shots as well as a higher efficiency inside at the rim, 
which is something we really didn't see from him when he was coming in off the bench. So I don't know what the shift was for him. Maybe it's just playing around better players has opened things up for him. Maybe he talked to Pop and he's actively looking to get uh, easier shots for himself, but he's definitely improved these past couple games. Yeah, I feel like he's been more decisive as well. Like there's just one layup late in the game, I believe, where he just, you know, we could have set up an offensive set and and he but he just saw there was an open driving lane. So he took the guy who's in front of him off the dribble and went and got the left hand lay. Um, Or actually, it was a light. It was a right hand lay. Let me stop. But it was. Yeah, it was contested. So it was still it was a it was a tough shot by him. And it was a, a decision for a 20 year old that, you know, those are the little progressions we can see, Ethan. But let's get into the rest of the game flow. I want to give a shout out to everybody in the chat. Um, we're going to get to the game flow here in a second, but shout out to JDM, 3 Elite Culture, Vane Stain, Mr. Z, Connor McLeod, Adrian, 2 Clutch Corey, July 26, Proto, Proto Zero X, um, and, and, and Hanover, a lot of the a lot of the real ones in here. King J, I haven't seen you in a while, so shout out to all you guys being in here tonight. Now, Ethan, let's get to the bad stuff. Um, Spurs open the first quarter 34 to 26. Um, the notes that I had written down, no answer for AD, at least in the first quarter, right? We talked about how Wemby responded later, but mm-hmm. early was definitely struggling. Uh, the majority of our shots in that quarter, Ethan, were either threes or free throws. Excuse me. The majority of our points were either threes or free throws. Um, and then the other thing, the Lakers shot 63%. We shot 39%. And then the other thing I had written down is we have no answers in certain isolation matchups. <laughs> because when you're playing a team like this uh, that's you know trying to compete for a championship, um, and we'll, we'll see how that goes this season, but that's their goal, right? That's mm-hmm. how this team is built. Um, those are the type of teams that the Spurs are going to have struggles with in isolation matchups. I mean, think about the other team in Los Angeles. We've played a couple times this year in the Clippers. Yeah. Yeah. These kind of teams are going to be a struggle. And what was going through my mind when the, when the game first started, Jude is it was kind of even at first. And then they jumped out to a small lead to end that first quarter, uh, 34 to 26. But, um, Watching the Lakers play, they're a veteran team. Even without LeBron, they have Anthony Davis, D'Lo, Torian Prince. Like these are solid players. Anthony Davis, obviously being a Hall of Famer, the centerpiece. Um, but we are getting Spurs. How we used to play against teams. Remember how how consistently we would play. I don't care what the other team is doing. We have a certain cadence, a certain rhythm, and a certain level of execution where we will painstakingly play you to death it's like little pinpoints bing 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 but we would never really kill ourselves that's what the lakers did for the first three quarters against us where we would have small little bursts i think the first quarter is a perfect example of that we had small little bursts moments of of like oh great this is this is fantastic energy followed by levels of complete idiocy defensively and 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 lapses of in judgment offensively and bad passes and lackadaisical play whereas the Lakers stayed consistent and level-headed the entire time. And that's how they consistently ended up beating us in each quarter all the way up to the fourth quarter where they may have taken their foot up off the gas. Yeah, I don't want to get too far off the game flow, Ethan, but I think what you were talking about there kind of ties into some of the team stats. I haven't looked at them yet, um, but I wanted to check them out with what you were talking about. I wanted to see how many turnovers we had. It was actually kind of a close turnover battle. But then again, look at the points off turnovers. They had 24 to R17. They had more fast break points than us. They had more points in the paint. 
Um, and their largest lead was 20. <laughs> that was the other thing that, like, if you look at this game and you just look at the final score, you're like, oh, the Spurs actually battled with the Lakers tonight. Nope. I mean, it, we did in the fourth yeah. quarter, but not for the entire game. Um, the, we did actually out-rebound them on the offensive boards, but it kind of evened out with them out-rebounding us by the same advantage on the defensive boards. They had more assists than us. They had six more steals than us. Um, you can see that, well, we actually shot a little bit better than them from the three um, and got to the line more. But I feel like a lot of these, now that I'm looking at these stats, Ethan, I think they're a little bit, they're a little bit uh, distorted because of the fourth quarter. I would like to see these before the fourth quarter, and I think that would maybe <laughs> help you. That would go to your points a little bit. That's why I was kind of thinking of a, of that as soon as you were talking about it. But moving yeah. on to the second quarter, it was a little bit closer, but it was still, I mean, really the, the main story, the same story, excuse me. Um, the Lakers, 29-24. What I had written down, Ethan, was rotations were rough in general, um, rough, really er- rough early in the second quarter. Mm-hmm. Um the Lakers stayed with around a 10-point advantage for most of it. Um, there was one point where we ended up getting close, and as soon as that happened, kind of like you were just harping on, uh, and it wasn't even really close. It was just semi-close. They went on a run to extend their lead again. Um, I wrote down – I mean, I wrote it down again. Defensive rotations are bad, and AD is teaching Wemby rookie lessons. And then the last thing I wrote down is we did have a strong finish to the second quarter – uh, where Wemby kind of responded for the first time, hitting some shots that made it an 11-point game, I believe, going into halftime. Yeah, it's really more of the same. I think it all stems back to def- defense, like you said. If we could just figure out defensive rotations, we might be able to win a few games. Like, not We still won't be great because offensively we aren't implementing any kind of scheme and we have a lot of chemistry to build. But if we could just get a stop, Jude, and not even a stop, if we could just get stop giving them wide open threes, we might have a chance. Okay, so the the thing, the when I wrote this down, Ethan, this was after in the second quarter where they got like literally like three wide open threes. And if we had more effort, like I get some of it, it's like when they get an offensive rebound, sometimes there's going to be somebody out there that you just can't get to in time. Like Mm -hmm. I I get that in certain situations. But it was like three straight wide open threes. (laughs) And it was just because nobody knew where to go, even on the offensive rebound. And and they're also really, and, and maybe, you know, they weren't really giving effort because they weren't, sure exactly where to go and that what was you know they didn't want to make that mistake you mm-hmm. know and then get chewed out but <laughs> they're probably going to get chewed out regardless at halftime yeah. but the thing that I was noticing is not only were they not sure where to rotate they weren't even really giving effort to try to go close out in, in that situation and that's the stuff that's really frustrating with that being said still overall uh the finish to the second quarter even though that may have coincided a little bit um was was better than the, the rest of the first half. I'll give him that. Yeah, and in the first half, I think it might have been second quarter, to your point, Keldon, I think, had like a backcourt steal and finish or something like that. And I wish I had written down his exact words because I read his, his, his lips. But to summarize, in Ethan's words, not his, he basically <laughs> said, come on, let's get our heads out of our asses and play some, and like, play some defense and i was like yes kelton thank you kelton johnson for actually because he literally all four quarters he played a great game 
Um, so he was desperately trying to pull the rest of the guys with him. This is why going into this season, Ethan, I know we've had some other weird comments on here, people saying we were hating on Keldon, but I think most of you guys know who've been watching this channel that we've been very big advocates of Keldon. And, sure. and before this season, I kind of went on a little rant just with all the stuff that's been going on around the internet, the trade rumors this summer, talking about him defensively and just how he's, you know, we're overpaying him and how he's not worth it, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. There was a lot of that this summer. This is the type of, like, this, even though we didn't win tonight, this was basically, like, all last season. Yeah. And Dude. and to do that in these circumstances, like, we talk about mental toughness, and I know Keldon has bad games. He still does from time to time. He's had bad games this year. Mm -hmm. But he is someone that in these scenarios, we've seen it in the Phoenix game, and we saw it tonight. And, and like I said, <laughs> the majority of last season, he is a dude who will continue to fight regardless of the circumstances i thought we had no shot when we were down 20 i thought it was wraps chicken wraps over with and he just kept making shots keeping us in the game like i texted you you know in the context of this season it feels like scoring for no good reason <laughs> that's the way i described it because mm -hmm. in the nature of this team when you're down 20 it's that's kind of what it feels like when you're watching it but him doing that you know, was the only reason we had a shot in this game. And and we actually really, even though, I mean, think about it. If Wimby makes both of those free throws, I mean, who knows if we get a stop. But then it's a tie ball game. And mm -hmm. the only way that there's even a chance for that is because of what he did tonight. Um, and that was super huge when you consider Devin Vassell shot five for 15 and one for seven overall tonight. For sure. And since you touched on it, I guess we should address it. Devin had a really rough game tonight yeah um, i wish he would have been able to come along for this ride that victor and keldon kind of set up because we've talked about it ad nauseum when those three get 20 plus yep. we really have a shot at winning this game and it's only a bonus that malachi had 19 so if if, if devin can actually hit more threes he was one for seven tonight if he just hits two more literally like it's 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 wraps it's san antonio ball game yep you know and anyways, this is why we're paying Keldon Johnson 20 million. That's mm -hmm. that's my point. Yes. Well said. Third quarter. This was the quarter that I had the least written down. Um, it is actually closer than it felt watching it. Um, it was the same score as the second, 29 to 24. But for me watching it, Ethan, the two things I wrote down, typical third quarter halfway through, <laughs> just, you know, we came out and got popped in the mouth a little bit. They went on a little bit of a run. I believe we kind of, the reason we made it a five-point quarter was the second half of the quarter. Um, but to be honest with you, I was kind of just so over the game at that point that I don't really have too much. I don't really have too much analysis for the third quarter. That's when we were down 20. And I was just very frustrated. Like this is the same thing. They're about to just run away with the run away with this pretty easily. Mm -hmm. uh, but the other thing that I did have written down was once again, Keldon scoring for no good reason, kind of like Phoenix game one laughing emoji. That was exactly what I had written down. So yeah. obviously already touched on that, but um, it, it, even though it ended up being close from the eye test, it was a typical third quarter from this season where we have been consistently the worst team in the league in that quarter. I think you summarized it perfectly, Jude. For me to add anything would just be a derivative of your so beautifully crafted words. Um, however, I will say one last thing that 
it could have been even worse had that three from Austin Reeves counted at the buzzer. Oh my gosh, dude. Which is crazy. From three quarters of the court, he banked in a three <laughs> and was 0.1 second away from it counting. That is insane. I told Ethan, y'all, I told Ethan if that went in, y'all might not hear from me like ever again. Y'all might be wondering, y'all might have been wondering if I was okay and where I was because if Austin Reeves hit that, I would have walked out. I was like, bro, can we just not get one break? When they called that off, I was like, thank Like, I didn't even think we were going to win at all at that point. But when they called it off, it was just like, I I still needed it. (laughs) I couldn't, I couldn't have took that. I couldn't have took that in this game. Thank God it didn't fall. Thank God. (laughs) It really would have been tough to pay attention in that fourth quarter had they hit that shot. It was already hard enough. Right, right. And somehow, miraculously, Ethan, we won the third quarter 45 to 30. Like, how did we almost score 50 points in a quarter? (laughs) It's so random for this team. It doesn't even feel like it. Like, I know we had the outburst in in the last four minutes, but it still doesn't feel like we scored that much. Dude, Sean Sean said it best, I think. He was like, suddenly the Spurs are playing with the energy they should have played for the first three quarters. And he, he couldn't even put a finger on it. I don't know where it's come from. I don't know what it is. It probably, like you said, had a lot to do with the Lakers players more than the right. Spurs players. But we still got to give our guys credit. They, they fought tooth and nail all the way to the end and uh, you know played great pressure defense and, and capitalized on their open shots finally. Yeah, I really like the ball pressure at the end of the game. Uh, you know, Sean was was emphasizing that, saying, hey, don't stop. We got a couple steals there. Malachi almost got one at the end of the game, too. I know that may have that would have only made it a one-point deficit, so we probably still wouldn't have won, even if he did get that layup. Um, but to see that defensive pressure and that ball pressure from the guys late in the game, um, it, was, it was good to see that, and hopefully we can implement that in, in future games. Mm-hmm. The other things that I had written down, I didn't have too much written down for this one. I just had Keldon. That was it. Showed fight, which we did. Uh, the pass stolen by AD. Wemby, Wemby oh. responding to AD. And then Devin not getting free throws until three minutes. That was his first free throw of the game. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it is frustrating when you really take a step back and actually look at the full thing. Like, as 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 much as we want to praise what we did in the fourth quarter, we need to do some of that in the first three quarters too. Oh, absolutely. We play not bad. even a question. We play best, Jude, when the guys are having fun and playing with high energy. So, if I'm pop, like I look, I'm not a basketball guru expert, but I come out next game, I'm pressuring full court from tip, and. Yeah. And we're just going to try and play as freely as possible. We're throwing lobs. We're running hard. We're scrapping. I don't care if you foul out in the third quarter. Let's just try and knock the Lakers off of stride. We're on an 18-game losing streak anyway. Nothing could make this any worse. So might as well throw that out there and see what happens. That's just me. No, for sure. I, I complete. I, I'm not. I'm not opposed to that at all. I mean, obviously, you don't see that as much in the NBA. But considering the makeup of this team too, with how young everybody is, you might as well just let them go out there and run. I mean, with yeah. the defensive pro, we already have problems with rotation anyway. So rotations anyway. Excuse me. So we might, we might as well just put the ball pressure on them there because if we're gonna get beat on rotations in the half court, we might as well do it full court. You know what I mean? 
A thousand percent. And then we take away some momentum from guys that are actually going into the paint. So if they're going up with less legs, that's just more blocks for Wemby. And if we do get turnovers, then we're automatically in transition, which is better than our half-court offense anyway. So I completely agree with that idea, Ethan. Might as well. You know what? Let's make this even a bigger thing. (laughs) Doug, it's been fun. We're playing Blake Wesley. We're going to let him pick up whoever's playing point guard full court and just let him go crab hands and, and, and swipe at the ball. For sure. For sure. All right, Ethan. I think that wraps up about everything we can say about this game. Obviously, the Spurs are back on national TV this Friday when LeBron returns. Yes. So that'll be wonderful. Um, yeah, I don't think I, I, I wish I wish I could say, Ethan, that I think that they're going to be able to build off of what we saw here in the last four minutes. Mm-hmm. But when you bring back arguably the greatest player of all time, um, It kind of it kind of takes away all the chances for that. If we were playing somebody different, you know, maybe we'd be able to build up on it. But I just feel like with LeBron being back and also him witnessing how that game went, and it's his first game against Wemby, um, yeah, it's probably going to be a blowout. I, I don't have too much hope for that one, unfortunately. Only silver lining I will give the Spurs one hope. The other back to back we had this year against the Phoenix Suns, the first game was very. Oddly similar to this mm-hmm. one, had the Spurs been able to pull it out at the end. Remember who was injured in that first game? Kevin Durant. Oh, no. No, 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 no. Excuse Devin me. Booker. Devin Booker. Devin Booker. Devin Booker. That's Devin true. Booker. Second game, D-Book's back. What did we both say? Oh, it's blowout. It's wraps. Right. Spurs about to get clapped. I know LeBron's a different player than Devin Booker, but I'm going to give us that I'm gonna give us that nugget because we didn't we dominate that second game? Like, it wasn't even, like, a thought. <sighs> I don't think so. I, so think it was, I think it was down to the <laughs> wire. I'm gonna, it's okay. It's okay. I'm going to pull it. Don't worry. I'm going to go find it. Okay. Yeah, it was 132 to 121, but it was like okay. Wemby pulled away in the, in the, in the fourth I quarter. Even, I can't even remember. It's so okay. Well, so I've got the box score pulled up. So we, we won the first quarter by 20 points, and then it was on pace in the second. And then we lost the third and the fourth quarter, but we just kept pace with them enough because Wimby had 38. So That's right. I remember now. Let's hope for one of those games. <laughs> As J.R. Carr says, that feels like five it years does. ago. LOL. That so. is completely true. I just wanted to address this comment. I usually don't address negative stuff, and he hasn't really said anything else, but Howard Brown said, you guys praising losing. Actually, and he I, said losing. Yes, <laughs> um, but like... If you're going to come in and do that, like just just go watch the rest of the show because I, I think we've said multiple times in this broadcast that this game was bad overall. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> Anyways, we appreciate you guys for hanging out with us tonight. Um, we're going to still be around regardless of this losing streak that will probably extend to 19 games. We won't be doing this Friday's game. But we will be doing this Sunday, correct, Ethan? Correct, Jude. Yes, we will be back for that Pelicans post game, um, and that'll actually be a pretty fun one, especially if Zion plays, because that'll just kind of be a fun dichotomy, like Wemby versus Zion. They're like kind of the opposite, like enigmas of each other. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's like Woody and Buzz. There you go. There you go. 
<laughs> I was kind of thinking, you know, Zion's like a big dude and not that tall. And then, I mean, he's he's still very tall, but you know what I mean. And then Wemby's like giant Slenderman. It's like Slenderman versus um versus the Hulk. Mm. No, Mister uh, Mister uh, No, <laughs> Mister No, uh, who's the who's the Fantastic Four guy? Who's like Mister? Oh, the Elastic? thing versus Mister no, Elastic. Mister Elastic, yeah, that's what I was I mean, gonna say. Is it Mister Fantastic? It, I think it's Mister Fantastic, Mr. but he's Elastic. the he's the, but he's Elastic. You know yeah, what I mean? Yeah. Uh, it's kind of like that versus yeah versus the thing. There you go. Heck yeah. There's my our, super superhero references for Wemby and Zion. I like that. I like that. I'll have I'll have one on Sunday. I'll think of one. Oh my gosh. We appreciate y'all. Don't forget to hit that like and that subscribe button below. And don't forget to follow us on Twitter as well to stay updated with the show at SSPN on YT, at Jude McLaren, and at Ethan underscore Quintero. We appreciate you guys. We'll catch y'all on the next one. We'll see y'all later.